0: Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, i will introducing your host, Gareth Beckett.
1: Welcome fellow mountain bikers to episode number 10 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. Thank you for being here, thank you for listening, that is awesome. And we have an awesome show for you today. Our guest is Glenn O'Brien. Yes, Glenn O'Brien is on the show everybody. Absolutely awesome and we talked to Glenn about what he's been up to this year, how he's been getting on, how he's racing has went. We also talked to him about his early years, what it was like racing in the 90s, how he came about racing, how that all fell into place for him, the struggles he had with it, the injuries he's had, everything to do with the crazy 90s is in this episode and Glenn has some good stories. Uh, we also talk about his results in racing through them times, we also talk about Um, how he became third in the 2003 rampage pretty awesome indeed and uh, we talk quite a wee bit about that which is awesome because it's a great great story, we also talk about um, his business First Tracks, MTB um, how that all came about, um, what that does how that can help, everything along them lines uh, and what they kind of offer, um, which is awesome he's got an awesome package going on down there, we also talk to him about how he's actually done work for Disney, but believe it or not yes Disney Um, and one of the subscribers Garth McLean has put a couple of questions into him which we asked in the show so Garth thank you very much for them questions Glenn was very kind to answer them and um, he really loved you on about about Disney so so well done so yeah we talked we talked to Glenn about all that stuff and about the future as well the man is super busy the man has got lots going on um, I, I don't know how he finds the time to sleep but anyway sit back enjoy relax and enjoy episode number 10 with glenn o'brien hi glenn how you doing welcome very much to the mtb tribe podcast it's awesome to have you on here how's things with you today
0: things are good gareth yes uh thanks for having me on the show
1: it's a blast to have you on here and to be honest, a couple of the subscribers to the show reached out to me and asked if I could try my best to get you on the show, um, which is awesome, which is brilliant. I love that kind of stuff. And then um, Ethan was down and saw you at the Red Bull event, at the Fox Hunt, and was speaking to you and everything else. So it kind of went on from there. And then I contacted contacted you, and you were you were kind enough to come on. So thank you very very much.
0: No problem. Yeah, uh, good being on the show and good getting the word out there and uh brilliant to see that there's plenty of interest out there as well so
1: yeah and spreading the word man that's what it's all about yeah totally totally um so what what have you been at this season um have you been racing this season or have you set that aside to work on any other projects you've got going
0: bits of everything really yeah uh, racing is uh, a big part of it uh, i suppose that forms the the basis of kind of everything we do uh on a personal level, uh, it was an okay season, yeah. A um, few injuries at the start of the season, uh, missed a few races, so kind of bummed out a wee bit over that. Mm. It was a normally, start the season fairly strong, uh, but it didn't really get going until about June times. Uh, so, Andorra, for the Masters' Words, was probably the first race back after the after injury. And then I uh, yeah, got back home then and got stuck into a few of the sort of local races.
1: Yeah, pretty good. Things days. went good, actually. Yeah,
0: things, things were good. Felt quite strong. Come back good. And then finished the season off quite good as well. So happy about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. the whole race series as well went really well. Uh, just a pity I missed a couple of them. Um, but certainly from like the organization sort of point of view, um, things went really well. So a lot of interest about the enduro series. Uh, which is cool and the team's going really well so those guys all had a good season uh, I think they all we all learned a lot so uh, bigger and better for next year I think
1: yeah that's brilliant that's brilliant and just talking about injuries there how like you've had a very very successful career and we'll get into it a wee bit a wee bit later on but how big an issue has injuries been to you you've had a couple this year you know is it a real setback does it ever put you off wanting to compete or anything like that?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I think um, when you do a sport uh, like this, uh, and certainly, I'm sure most people will be able to reflect on uh, the same thing. Really, uh, you have to accept, you know, certain responsibilities and certain, certain you know, things happen, to you don't you? Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I think once you get your head round that bit and uh, knowing that you're going to have injuries at some point, uh, you just have to crack on with. It. Uh, obviously, there, there's things you can do to sort of, you know, minimise. Uh, get getting injured, uh going to the gym, you know, staying reasonably fit and quite flexible and uh and knowing your your own skill levels. There's lots of things you can do, you know, obviously wearing the right protection and stuff like that there at times. Uh, and just weighing things up right. And being smart about what you're doing. Um all, all you know always helps. So yeah, I like to um I like just to just approach everything like that, you know, it's like a calculated risk as such. So yeah, that's all part of the fun, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's a it's a contact sport at the end of the day, so you got to uh, you got to put up with your bumps and bruises, don't you?
0: Yeah, too right. I think we've <laughs> all had our share, so uh, <laughs> hey, you just have to yeah get on with it now and then come back stronger. So,
1: so what was the highlight? If you, if you had a highlight of this season, Glenn, what would you what would you say it was?
0: I I really enjoy our race series. So the very first action Giro Cup. Um, mm. Most of the season for me is kind of based around that uh between all the organizing and the the trail building right down to what happens on the weekend so uh putting all those wee bits and pieces together uh and seeing all the riders uh you know practicing and racing and taking part and having a blast you know i get a lot of satisfaction out of that i suppose so yeah definitely each each race is is a big highlight uh, i enjoy that so uh, that's cool
1: yeah, and, and I've got a subscriber that has a question later on for you. So we'll get into that a wee bit more just about your Enduro series, and I'll, I'll pick your brains a wee bit more about that. Um, but before we get into your career and stuff, from your experience and being and being about and, and everything else, do you see any young talent coming from Northern Ireland or Ireland coming up through the ranks? Do you see anybody get, that's really good and, and has a good uh, future ahead of them?
0: I think there's a lot of guys coming up now. Um, certainly uh, with downhill and and enduro, uh, probably keeping a closer eye on those two disciplines. I uh, see a lot of lot of the younger ones coming through, and putting in you know fairly good times against the pros, and they seem to be certainly taking uh, a good direction. And um, there's a lot of a lot of competition. You know, there's not just a you know a, a few of these guys. There's there's quite a lot, so it it keeps it quite competitive for the for the young ones, which is good. You know, which is healthy. And it keeps pushing them on. And uh, I think even some of them are starting to uh, look at the, the older writers or the, the pro writers and sort of uh, measuring themselves against that. So, yeah, there's definitely a few few guys out there.
1: Yeah, and why do you think that is? Why are we starting to see a local talent base grow bigger and bigger now? What's the reasoning behind that, do you think? Um,
0: good question. Uh, and that one's wide open. Uh, I, I mean, I believe... Uh, you know, with all the, you know, the grassroots type races and all our sort of local and national races, you know, uh, has a really sort of strong influence, you know, on younger riders and guys coming through. uh, And guys kind of train and get themselves up to that level uh, where they're trying to be competitive and whatnot. So, uh, and it gets them a lot of experience too as well. And uh, the likes of Greg Callan maybe, who's come from, you know, uh, that background, you know, a bit of downhill and started into enduro and uh, gained a lot of experience and uh, got himself uh, recognized obviously more as an international rider. Uh, He's kind of came from the same sort of background and the younger riders are seeing Greg and those guys, you know, race at home uh, at the same races and they're probably setting their sights sort of on him and trying to Mm -hmm. follow in his footsteps. So having riders like him and and Ben Reid and Jacob Dixon and all those kind of guys where they can kind of uh, measure themselves against is is very important. And then having a good structured race series as well to go along with that definitely is, is the way forward and builds a good foundation for the, for the younger ones.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, and do you think our level of trails that we have now are helping things?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's definitely um, no excuse uh, even the likes of Steve Peyton, all those guys uh, living in Sheffield and racing the downhill World Cup, mm-hmm. hasn't got you know big Alpine tracks that they have for World Cups, but they've, they've made do with what they had. And same for over here. Certainly, uh, things have become a, a lot better. I think over the last kind of three or four years, uh, riders are certainly certainly getting more into it. Uh, maybe a bit of enduros helped with that as well for. For guys actually getting out and getting stuck in and and building trails, and certainly uh, with the the growth of mountain biking and all the, you know, the trail centres as well, but it's a good thing, you know, gets people involved in the sport. That you know, there's more, I suppose, mountain bikers or general public getting involved Mm -hmm. as well, and certainly, um, hopefully, that then they'll progress on to, you know, more technical trails and maybe even try a bit of racing or whatever, like you know. So yeah, it's definitely definitely getting better. I'm certainly we're in a better position now than what we were four or five years ago and uh yeah we're, we're kind of lucky i think
1: yeah happy days it seems to have happened quite quickly so so you know hats off to people involved and and bringing it up to what it is now so yeah. um it's brilliant i think it's like you say there's no excuse so just get out there and do it
0: yeah that's the hardest, hardest bits getting getting out through the door isn't it and throwing a jacket <laughs> on and or, or grabbing a shovel and organising a few lads to go out and, uh, you know, help clear trails or build trails or doing the trail maintenance day with, uh, you know, Mountain Bike NI or whatever it is, just mm-hmm. getting involved, getting stuck in. You know, uh, somebody has to do it, so. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep, very good. good. Yep. Now, I really want to talk to you about your coaching and events business, First Tracks, um, but we, can we talk a little bit first just about how you got started in the mountain biking scene? Like, how did you get started with the riding mountain bikes?
0: uh when i was a youngster then i raced bmx from when i was about four years old uh so long story short that bmx and kind of fizzled out a wee bit in the sort of late 80s early 90s and yeah there was no no racing then so kind of still wanted to do something uh, and tried a bit of motocross for a couple of years and um, then it was actually a friend of mine i used to race bmx with he got me into to mountain biking so a lot of skills kind of cross over uh, and then started downhill racing in
1: October '95. Was the first one, right? Okay. And what age would you have been then? About a uh, only a young fella. <laughs> and did you have much downhill experience before then, or was it something you just worked up to? Uh yeah, straight in the deep end. I mean, that was like you know
0: a long time ago. Uh, and I only probably threw a leg over a mountain bike a couple of times before I tried my first race. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So. Uh, and then yeah i got a good buzz off racing um there seemed to be a good bunch of lads the crack was good and yeah everything just started from there i was hooked straight away that was like the last race of the season down in uh, sugarloaf mountain and workload there and uh, i had a full winter then of riding bikes and messing about and couldn't wait to get going the next year so
1: brilliant couldn't wait to get stuck in from the start might help yeah. things a wee bit. yeah so at that stage glenn were you involved in any clubs um or were there coaches available to you or anything like that
0: uh no no coaches or anything like that uh pretty much everything we done was just all self-taught and picked up well, maybe you know picked up magazines and sort of picked up mm-hmm. bits and pieces from from other guys that were uh knocking about racing too as well but a lot of the stuff you know i had to figure out myself which is cool you know I uh, so kind of learned the hard way, if you like, and um, yeah, uh, just got stuck in. So we raced uh, even the next the next season. We done a lot of racing in England as well, so we travelled a lot and go and see you know Steve Pete and all the still about the, and all those guys. So uh, we watched them and kind of suppose looked up to them a wee bit and tried to learn off those guys as well. So yeah, all this fun from there.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. And, and how were you balancing your school life? with your bike and you know life at, at that stage was that quite difficult to do
0: I well i mean my first downhill race i i was 18 or so so right. oh right okay uh yeah so i was i was quite late um this makes me sound real old doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry i don't want to give that away too much for sure um <laughs> i so yeah so i was i never raced as a junior so straight into sort of like the senior sort of elite level if you like
1: um i so yeah so you were stepping in you were going in and seeing them guys that were riding elite for years and had come right up through the ranks and when you seen them guys did that level just blow your mind you know were were they a, a long long step ahead of you and your mates that were playing about and really getting into it just at that stage
0: I think it took a few years really before I sort of realized that, you know, I could make a go at this. I mean, whenever I started, it was really, it was purely just for the crack, like, you know, um, just to ride bikes and have fun. You know, I had no idea that it would turn into something what it is now, uh, which is cool. You know, it just kind of progressed as it went along and, and things just evolved as as it went. But I certainly didn't start out that way. I, when I was 18 and I, I wasn't really thinking about a career in mountain biking I was just involved or just enjoying um, riding bikes and racing and again kind I of went to the races and found myself doing quite well and then after maybe a couple of years or so um, I got picked up by um, well like a, an American team but it was like sort of UK based a Rotech white Brothers and they had I had seen me racing at the Malvern's, uh, in 1998. Yeah, so uh, they they were happy enough to kind of back me and support me the next year then to go racing boy cups for or so. And Around then anyway, and uh, I kind of just went from there. Like yeah, yeah.
1: And before that, um, when you were 18 or so how were you financing your your racing trips away were your parents helping you or were you working part-time or were you working full-time at that at that stage
0: i well i left school and went to tech for a couple of years and then i've just been working on bits and pieces since i was probably 18 or 19 i suppose yeah so it was you know partly funded by myself you know my parents helped me out a wee bit so just yeah scrimped and saved and Done whatever dirt bagged it you know for a <laughs> time <laughs> that's <laughs> all part balance. of it done it all man. done it all yeah oh, so
1: brilliant brilliant
0: yeah you just do what you have to do you know there's there's loads of guys out there now doing exactly the same uh, as what i don't like and uh, it's all good fun uh you know traveling and racing and doing all that's a brilliant experience uh and you learn a lot about yourself and other people and, and things so yeah good times
1: Please. yeah yeah totally it comes with the territory, I think, and the mountain biking game and a, and a lot of kind of sports like that too. I think you have to kind of get down and dirty at times, you know.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is like for a lot of people, it is a lifestyle sport. Uh, at the end of the day, we just love riding bikes and, and having the crack. So uh, a lot of people just do it just for those reasons, which is which is good enough. And then I suppose there's people lucky enough maybe to make more of a, a career out of it. Or depending on what you want, you know, if you want to sort of push that way and you're you're that way inclined. I think uh, there is probably more opportunities now than what there has been in, in the past but certainly uh, for guys if you're if you're hungry enough and uh, you want to push that way there's there's plenty out there so you just have to go and get it
1: yeah and was there was there any stage when you thought to yourself that you know you could make a career out of this this is what you wanted to do you wanted to continue this and for the foreseeable future was there any time was there a a light switching on in your head at any stage and and you said that to yourself
0: yeah i think maybe that that first year when i was riding for um for rotech and i thought like jabers you know there's somebody actually has uh, a bit of faith in me here uh and you know results were starting to get a bit better then as well and things were starting to click a little bit too and i thought uh, you know this is cool so i kind of put more energy into it and kind of focused a wee bit more on racing and making a career out of riding bikes and things just went from there um the next year i rode for animal orange which was a fairly fairly big team at the time i mm. uh, yeah and um, just progressed on from there just yeah worked hard you know all all season long and then really you know it never stops you know whenever kind of, at the end of the season comes you're already talking to different teams and trying to sort out contracts and sponsors and ways of funding the, the dream i suppose so mm-hmm. it all uh, yeah it all just takes a lot of hard work all the time you and know, what
1: series for, was so. that you were racing then glenn sorry what series was that you were racing in uh, at the
0: time then yes yeah, so i started racing the world cups in 1998 And that was all downhill then. That was all downhill, yeah. Um, Uh And uh, like the British sort of RAV4 series or British NPS, and then our own sort of, you know, local Irish NPS series as well. So they were the, and then I would do like the European Championships and the World Championships. So they were sort of like, that was the the main
1: kind of race season, was doing all those. And can you remember any of your results from then? What was your most memorable results?
0: Uh, World Cup wise, I raced um, four cross and. Uh, dual uh, and downhill all at the same time um, and yeah it was a bit of a mix and match I think actually it was probably a better uh, better four cross rider. Right, or certainly results wise it was better uh, with the four cross and all uh, I think I had a few fifth places at at World Cup level and then for downhill uh, I had one sort of top 20 and then normally sort of hovered in around like you know 30 something maybe 40 something but World Cups which is uh, probably doesn't sound that good, but anybody that's attempted to race the World Cup knows how competitive it is and yeah. bloody
1: hard. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and what was the you know at that stage was there a handful of guys that were head and shoulders above the rest in, in the downhill World Cups? Was there just any standouts that you looked up to around that time?
0: Oh, I yeah. I mean, there was guys on on factory teams uh, at that time that we were sort of looking up to and sort of always trying to, suppose, chase them and wonder how the hell they beat us every weekend. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the likes all the all the UK guys and all were, were fast and if there's any amount guys out there, you know, um, there's always maybe 15, 20 guys that, you know, or, or maybe 10 guys anyway that were certainly, you know, uh, much faster than everybody else. Like, so, yeah, and some of them are still riding bikes and going strong yeah they
1: are yeah (laughs) um did you did you look at them guys and think to yourself right well why are they going faster you know were you looking at their cornering techniques or their breaking techniques and trying to figure that out you know is that the way it works when you're at that level
0: oh i yeah there's a lot of um hedge crashing that goes all, all the time you know especially when you put a run together uh, that you thought was was pretty much perfect and somebody will come down and take maybe 10 or 15 seconds out of that. And you're <laughs> oh, goodness. Like, what, what do I have to do <laughs> to, get, to get to this level? Like, you know, you just have to keep pushing and keep trying to figure it out. And uh, if you've got answers for yourself and you think, um, yes, have I tried this or have I done this? That's, that's a good sign. I think um, when it comes to the point where you're left going, I have... No, I don't know, I have no answers, I have nothing left to do. I don't know how I'm going to get that speed. Uh, It's maybe time to
1: -hmm. do something else. (laughs) (laughs) And even at that stage, with the help from your sponsors and stuff, was there coaches you could approach? Was there anybody you could go and look to to try and help you out?
0: Yeah, Uh, yes, there was. Actually, we were very lucky at the time. Um, We got funded by the, the Northern Ireland Sports Council and the Irish Sports Council. And part of part of that funding and all uh, was access to coaches uh, and training facilities, uh, you know, dietitians, all that sort of stuff. Like yeah, so that all that all certainly helped me. Just,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because diet and and routine and it's such a big player in in the in the sport now. And and because it is a lifestyle style sport, it's maybe taking that wee bit longer to filter through, but yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear that that you were offered you know dietitian stuff and, and everything else around that because i think at today's level you kind of need that
0: yes definitely um i mean a lot of people aren't really that bothered i think well especially now uh yes people are more into you know a sort of healthy living and all that jazz you know mm-hmm. and mountain biking definitely is um, a lifestyle sport for the majority but uh, like any sport if you you fancy yourself as an athlete um you really have to dedicate your whole life and every aspect has to be right Uh, i mean if you're down on one thing you're just going to be you know you're going to be left behind so you do have to put a lot of effort into all the wee different pieces of the jigsaw and you have it has to be right and it has to be has to come together at the weekend at the right time and you have to be surrounded by you know a good strong team of people around you you don't do these things just on your own, uh, even though mountain biking and certainly downhill racing, uh, enduro now, uh, you know, you're, it's kind of you against the clock. But behind the scenes, there's a uh, there's a team of people that are doing different things and helping you. Uh, and that's what it takes, really, to be, you know, a world-class athlete is to have that kind of support.
1: Yeah, Which certainly. a lot of don't have, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, you need to be with the right people, certainly at the right time as well helps.
0: Yep and you need to believe in those guys as well so uh, those guys are there to do a job and if you've got the right people and uh, you have confidence and, and you believe in them and they believe in you then you're on a winner
1: Cool Glenn, can you take us through a day in the life of Glenn O'Brien when you were racing at that level had you any morning routines had you anything you would do religiously every morning or to prepare for a race how, how did your day pan out? <laughs>
0: Uh, I will go back then I suppose Uh, we traveled you know most of the time I traveled with uh, the likes of John Lawler and uh, Hancho uh Ben and all those guys as well sort of towards towards the end you know uh we all got to know each other quite well and yeah we all traveled around together and kind of you know practiced together and done all those sort of things you know um uh but I don't know I'm not superstitious or that sort of crack like so like <laughs> getting up and putting my right sock on first or, I don't, or have a bad day or any that sort of crack like. Uh-huh. But, uh, but still, you know, the, the, I mean, there was, there's always a routine, isn't there? As well, getting up, getting up early, obviously getting breakfast and stuff together and getting the right things in time and making sure your bike's checked through. Uh, depending on the weather and all as well, you know, things things change a lot. But normally, I would like to do uh, a couple of practice runs at least the morning of the race, anyway i uh, just awaken myself up and make sure i uh, lines are dialed in and bike set up good and then you normally have a couple of hours to go and chill out and get things ready and get your head i suppose in, in the right space so uh it just takes a, uh, maybe a bit of time just to figure out what works good for each person mm-hmm. uh and i know i kind of i know fairly relaxed i suppose and like to you know sort of mingle with people and and have the crack and you know a bit of a chat and Maybe like a bit of quiet time as well before, just before a race too as well, just to get my head into the right space. Like So figuring all those wee things out before you go, uh, yeah, it takes a bit of, a bit of time and a bit of experience and sort of knowing what works for you.
1: Yeah, and you wouldn't throw on any heavy metal or thrash music to get you in the mood or anything. I was
0: trying all that crack too, like, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do that after a race. But uh, yeah. you know, normally yeah, normally I like a bit, of, yeah, a bit of quiet time just before, before the race. Um, yeah, just to, to kind of go through the track and go through the lines, and yeah. But I mean, heavy metal works for some people, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, it just takes a bit of time for individuals to figure that out, doesn't
1: it? Totally. And and how did the how did the late nineties um, or the the noughties, as some people <laughs> refer to them, how did that on tour differ? For, you know, from the guys on tour now, were the nineties just crazy compared to now? Was there a lot of partying, a lot of that kind of thing going on? oh i
0: oh i i was, <laughs> was also a part of it yeah um yeah we don't we don't know i mean when it was we come to race time and all everybody took it quite serious uh well most people did anyway uh <clears throat> but in between races and uh, certainly um if we have a bit of time off uh we we like to enjoy ourselves and uh yeah we get up to all sorts of carry on can Good you course. tell me any crazy stories from them? oh no. Uh, I was yeah. Anyway, the stories, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what
1: happened? Yeah, but, I mean, Givers, we could we could go on about this one. Yeah. Anything crazy probably, that stands out in your mind, or
0: probably one of the best times we we ever. And there was this, you know, there was a lot of good times. Uh, a lot of good times in Canada and, and America with the guys. But certainly one of the one of the best times that probably sticks out was. Um, i think it was maybe 2002 or so and like the whole irish downhill team spent a month in Lermoos or in, in austria in and wee place called Lermoos for two weeks and then we went to world championships and the the final of the world cup in leger so basically we had a month a month racing with you know 10 10 irish guys that were just mm. well for a good bit of crack so there was all sorts of stuff went down Every every day, it was like a big adventure. <laughs> a big adventure with your best mates, risk nights.
1: Uh, it was like pre ski every day. <laughs> pretty much like pretty
0: much boys just trying to outdo each other and do all sorts of uh, silly things and yeah, getting arrested and all oh, this. Dear. Practice good now. practice good.
1: Oh dear, did you spend any time in, in the clink? Uh, no, I
0: think I avoided that one. All right. Yes, same like but. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well we'll not go into that I don't know if you want to talk about that yeah. um now let's talk a wee bit about Red Bull rampage in 2003 I'm sure you get asked this all the time but we have to chat to you about it you came third uh in Red Bull rampage 2003 what was it like being involved in that kind of scene and and how did that come about happening
0: oh, it sort of came about then you know about by accident as such like i never you know seen myself as like a, a free rider or whatever you want to call in these days uh, i just i was just racing bikes and, and uh, i suppose r- around around home we would just start, go out building trails and digging tracks and building jumps and all sorts of stuff just as as you do and then uh, a good friend of mine dave walton so uh, the canadian guy from vancouver I, I was quite friendly with him on the world cup circuit uh he has family actually in armagh so he would spend a fair bit of time traveling back and forth over here and when, when he was here we would kind of sort of hang out a wee bit and i would i showed him uh, a couple of the, the tracks and some of the, the jumps and drops and all that we had built thinking that you know he would think this is a piece of piss because he's done rampage and all but he was quite taken aback, actually, by the you know the size of the stuff that we that we were doing, and he just said to me, "Do you fancy doing Rampage?" And I didn't really, I suppose, think about it too much and went, "Yeah, that's good to me." <laughs> and the next thing you know, I, I've got an invite to do Rampage later on that year, so kind of I kind of went from there. I went like, "What am I getting myself into?" And the next thing, I, myself and Steve Bell were standing in Utah, staring up at a big cliff face, going, "What are we doing here?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what was the scene like there was it just was it just crazy did you meet a lot of guys you'd never met before you, you know was was the after parties pretty nuts as well i'm sure
0: hi they were good fun- good crack yeah but I mean, coming from a racer background and sort of hanging out at world cups and kind of seeing uh, i suppose more magazines what the free ride dudes were up to I uh, yeah it was a completely different scene and for the first day or two i did sort of feel completely out of my depth going what have i got involved in or what am i even doing here I mm-hmm. uh, yeah but then we just got stuck in um that was 2003 i uh, rampage had been going for a couple of years and i suppose what, what well the best way i figured out anyway was actually just need to ride my bike and see what way um the the terrain fields and see what way you know there's jumps and stuff and drops that the guys had built from previous years so Mm -hmm. i just got my bike out and got stuck in and actually felt really good and felt at home practically straight away as soon as i got my bike out so uh, after that uh, i still had a few days left to to actually build build my line or build jumps and stuff and i kind of knew what to do then so yeah i just went from there myself and steve got stuck in with the shovels and ended up with a pretty killer line that seemed to work so
1: and and when you got that all dialed in did you feel you could get a result or were you just still riding for fun or, or were you pushing to actually get a good result
0: yeah i was i mean i always went there just for the idea just to have a crack and uh, and we'll just see what happens you know i had no idea that I was going to do that well or, I suppose, no expectations really. You know, just went, just really went for the crack. Um, but I did work my ass off right up until literally the last second um, before I had to go up for a very last run. You had two runs in the final lane. Uh, and even in between runs, I was constantly thinking and constantly trying to tweak my line to sort of squeeze out every ounce you know for points and for all the jumps and drops and i didn't really have time i think even before the finals to do the stuff that i wanted to do so i'm back up in between runs as well i got stuck in the shovel and made a few big tweaks uh and literally dropped the shovel grabbed my bike went back up to the top again and got my line that i wanted to do and pieced everything together without any practice even on some of the stuff that i just built and got down and really thought "Jesus, i have done i was happy with my line anyway happy that it got down in one piece and was literally happy to just pack the bike away and just kind of crack on to the after party and whatever and then i found out that i finished third so stuck. Uh-huh. yeah the next thing was standing on the podium going <laughs> First time, brilliant and have you ever been back since uh yes i went back the next year myself and ben reed right. back in 2004. I, <laughs> Different, different story obviously to the guys step it up every year what uh, certainly felt a lot more um, uh, you know clued into what needed to happen and a uh, sort of better control of the situation I suppose and uh, what we needed to do to sort of I suppose I had goals then that time mm-hmm, yeah. and uh, a better plan what uh, what had to happen and uh, the first year it was just myself and Steve Bell. Second year we went out. We had like a full dig team, load of guys that were there uh, to support us. And myself and Ben kind of teamed up and had some really just class class features and lines built. Uh, if you had to get points for draft, like we would have just one half. line. So uh, <laughs> I could, no, yeah. So uh, still had a good, a good. I ended up hurting my knee actually at that one. And, Ben had a few big crashes too as well, but I think we actually ended up, Ben ended up sixth and I still ended up eighth the second right. year, and, and I think I crashed both runs as well. So, uh, yeah, so um, it could have been a lot better, but still pretty good. Brilliant experience. back. Uh, Brilliant experience. I absolutely love it. Um, and then I went back about three years ago just to watch myself and Kato here. Went back just to spectate, and uh, yeah, the guys again. I, I mean, it's changed a lot in what yeah. 12 years to what it is now i mean the jumps and all the drops and all that crack even back then were fairly big it's just the guys are starting to trick everything and do all that so it has evolved a fair amount and a lot of man-made sort of features now where we would have built everything just ourselves
1: yeah yeah certainly it's uh it's absolutely looks massive now um the average person like me looking at that would just be like you are kidding me that cannot be humanly possible you know <laughs> Aye.
0: yeah that's all right but the-
1: <laughs> well fair play to come third that's unbelievable mm. so let's talk a wee bit about first tracks mtb.com um tell us a wee bit about first tracks uh what it is and what you do there
0: yeah so first tracks um started out then really uh probably about 10 years ago actually um yeah started off coaching and and guiding uh so kept it fairly low key for for a few years and then with the the trail centers opening over here decided to sort of rebrand a little bit and kind of step it up so yeah still done the coaching and guiding done bike rental for for a few years don't do that anymore now but still do a bit of coaching and guiding but it's it has really evolved quite a lot now over the last three or four years we're doing tons of stuff now so we've got sort of involved with a bit of trail consultancy and uh building pump tracks and all as well and uh, the the race team as well we've got going uh, we've got the enduro cup now up and running for three years now so yeah it's kind of yeah we're just getting yeah stuck into everything it seems yeah, it's quite yeah. interesting actually you know uh the different wee avenues that it takes you down and the wee different things you get up to like guys
1: yeah yeah certainly well i wanted to ask you about a stunt double job you you done for disney but um, a subscriber asked me to ask you about it so uh, i'll let i'll let garth ask that later on but um, we'll get to that Um, but how did first tracks start then what what made you want to start a coaching and guiding business
0: (laughs) I, i think i've always wanted to be you know still involved in the mountain bike industry you know uh, when you're a racer, um, I suppose if you're smart enough, you know that you can't race forever. You know the careers for most people are quite short-lived. i uh, coming towards the end of my sort of racing career. I kind of thought like, right, okay, so now I need to do something. I uh, that keeps me that keeps me involved uh, in the sport some way or another. Um, so it's actually a friend of mine who had heard about uh, the the Trail Cycle Leader, which is still going now. Uh, that's maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, that there was a course over here. So there was a crowd from England that were coming over. Uh, cycle-wise training. So they were coming over for a weekend to do that Trail Cycle later. And somebody had suggested yeah, I should go and do that. And I was like, ah, yeah, I was interested in doing the coaching and the guiding. And went along and done the course. Everything went well. Met a few guys there and i suppose it all started from there i got the ideas and thought i'm a good place now the timing seemed to be right so um yeah just got set up i thought i think at that time actually uh, there was funding available for trail centers uh but we lost that but so it was kind of set up around that idea so it sort of went so that's why i kept it kind of low key so without the trail centers and without that sort of injection of Energy, if you like, uh, into the sport. I thought "Mm, I'm not the times, maybe not just right. So kept it very low key for a few years, and then uh, for 2013 when the trail centres open again, I decided then yes, we need to keep pushing at this one and get it going again, and started the first tracks MTB. Uh, It used to be called first tracks guiding, and then just rebranded and changed the name and a few bits and pieces. I yeah and then it's we haven't looked back it has been absolutely a really good journey
1: and so yeah and, and were you working full time when you started that glenn
0: yeah yeah in between those times i i joined the fire service mm-hmm. so that was back in 2009 i think it was I joined the fire service i yeah so that, that came along i suppose at a fairly a fairly good time as well i just stopped racing and started the first tracks mtv thing and then joined the fire service uh i'm still in the fire service now uh oh, right okay yeah and then doing the first tracks mtv thing um a bit of crack
1: you know and uh, yeah certainly yeah and uh, did you have any experience in business or anything or running a company before you started the first tracks MTV? Um, you know, how did you gain that kind of confidence to, to start such a thing? <laughs>
0: yeah, good question. Um, yeah, well, I suppose a lot of it, again, was self-taught. I, I started off, the idea was always start off quite low-key and get comfortable and then just build it up as I went along i uh, i suppose with that comes a certain amount of risk you have to put a lot of time a lot of effort and even uh, my own sort of finances into it as well to to try and fund it to try and get it to sort of where the, the level where it is now but uh, yes um i done a um gmvq and leisure and tourism which helped a bit i think and certainly chatting to people uh yeah, and just getting it going. Uh, I've done a couple of week courses too as well for in business, uh, just on my own time, just mm-hmm. to get an idea of what I need to do, and it just all went from there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, wow, wow. And um, has sponsorship helped throughout the process of, of starting First Tracks? Has, has that had any, you know, has it relieved a bit of pressure for you or anything like that? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I suppose without the, the sponsorship, it would be very difficult to uh, do what we want to do today. Uh, we do rely quite heavily, and I'm talking really here about the, the Enduro series. Um, we do rely quite heavily on a uh, entry fees to, to fund the whole thing, and certainly with the bit of sponsorship as well to, to get the whole series up and running and each year to get things sorted, uh, it would be extremely difficult uh, to, do, to do the whole thing without both. So, yeah, so that's what we spend a lot of time doing, actually, is uh, kind of chasing sponsors and trying to keep them happy and doing management plans and uh, sponsorship requests and proposals and all this sort of stuff. Like So this is you know, what the, the off-season is more all about, uh, and that's what we're kind of in the middle of at the minute. So, yeah, it's, it never stops. It literally
1: never stops from yeah. one end of the season to the next. There's always uh, something you can do. Certainly. And do you employ anybody full-time there at First Tracks? Uh,
0: it's, it's mainly just
1: myself. And then, right, wow. Yeah, and then I have a few guys
0: that, you know, like freelance, I suppose, with the, the coaching and getting. So uh, that helped me out and then Catherine here, he, she helped me out with a lot of wee bits and pieces too as well. And we kind of bounce off each other. Catherine, my wife then, she runs mm-hmm. uh, a graphic design company, Think, Think Studio, and she's been running her own business for 10 odd years or so now, just over 10 years actually. So she's got a lot of experience, so I've a lot of, learned a lot off her as well and we kind of bounce off each other uh, with different things. So yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, you know, it's really amazing in Ireland uh, you know the, the number of people I've spoke to that you would feel have maybe a team of at least three or four people behind them like yourself, and you find out it's one or two people, it's mm. absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the way it is, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> one man army. <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. totally true. Yep. True. Uh, so, when you go on your website, your website's very good, um, very easy to uh maneuver and everything else um but you offer loads of stuff on there um everything from coaching to event packages um even carton and seaweed baths and everything mm-hmm. so there's a lot there but can you tell us a wee bit about the guiding courses uh and what they kind of comprise of
0: yeah so um we try and so target uh, racers and on clubs and one-to-one coaching uh, but certainly uh, everything from Complete beginners, right through to guys that are that are racing uh, at an international level. So we try and cater for everybody. Uh and each I suppose there's there's no one uh coaching course that I've done has been the same to the next. So they're basically all tailored towards the individual or the group. So uh we always have it's funny, you always go out with a, a sort of basic plan on what you wanna do and then 99 times out of 100 it completely changes around whatever happens you know so it's all quite loosely based but obviously yes we have um we have targets and things that we try to achieve or we try to help the the clients to to achieve but uh just with different personalities and different uh, ways of coaching uh, and different ways that people learn you just have to yeah yeah roll with it and and go with it and yeah yeah try to get the, the end result i suppose
1: yeah, and the the uh, the coaching course you offer, you do it. You can do it one to one if you want, or you can do it in a group. Um, but if I was to book a course, for example, is this something you do yourself? Could I go down there and get taught by by Glenn O'Brien?
0: Yeah, I I would do most of the the coaching myself. Right. So yeah, people people would sort of ask, you know, can I do it? Which is all good. I uh, and I do do enjoy the, the coaching side of things too as well. I probably haven't been doing as much now as what I have in previous years um, and certainly in a way I maybe avoided it a wee bit. Not avoided, it's maybe a bad word, but just we've been so busy with the race series and everything else. I I suppose my time's a bit a bit more limited to what I can do uh, and I try and sort of feed it out then to the, to the other coaches. But yes, I still do a bit of coaching myself so uh people can still book with me on get stuck in
1: ah brilliant brilliant and and what what would you say is one of the most uh things that you know a weekend warrior would struggle with as far as mountain biking goes what, what's the mistakes the majority of people make and what would people need to look at coaching wise you know initially
0: Yeah, um, I think a lot of people just expect to be able to pick up a bike and just jump in and uh, ride down the hardest trails. uh, (laughs) But it's not just as simple as that. Uh, People, you know, I suppose in a way, yes, uh, the hardest thing uh, to do then or to help people to understand is that you need to be relaxed before you can do these things, you know, and you need Mm -hmm. to take it in small steps. So, uh, Uh, Again, uh, everybody's different and some people learn quicker than others, but uh, certainly starting off uh, something maybe, you know, uh, quite easy, straightforward and learn the basics on smaller jumps and uh, kind of smoother trails. And Then, you know, pick up confidence and experience. And then, you know, as you go along and as, you know, your your confidence grows, then you need to start riding down uh, more challenging trails and always challenge yourself. But staying relaxed uh, on when I, when the going gets tough is probably one of the best skills that you can sort of have. Some people have it naturally. Some people have to work on it a wee bit, you know. So, uh, whenever you, you see people trying to ride down stuff and they just stiffen up and grab brakes, and then technique completely goes out the window. Your bike doesn't react as good as it should. So, that's mm-hmm. probably one of the one of the best things that you can, or one of the things you certainly should be working on anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like. You know, it's funny for me, I find I'm always constantly trying to work on my cornering and my braking. Mm -hmm. Um, And that for me, I normally find myself braking too late in a corner and then I lose all my speed coming out of it. You know, I have no speed coming back out of the corner and stuff. And that may sound very simple, but I would say that's that's quite a hard thing to get right. Or that is something that the average duo kind of needs to work on all the time.
0: Yep. Well, for for mountain biking and riding uh, downhill tracks or just riding single tracks, it's all about trying to find that flow on the trail and trying to carry speed. So there's no point in being really fast in some parts of the trail and uh, being slow or wasting a lot of energy, you know, trying to get back up to speed because you've left your braking too late. So, uh, yeah, it's just getting into the right uh, mindset as to how to ride each individual trail, Uh, whether you attack it or whether you just ride smooth and, uh, and flow down the trail. So, yeah, a lot of people um, would make that same mistake where they think when they are when they ride really hard and they want to ride fast that they leave their braking too late and the square corner's off and they end up actually just looking fast maybe or looking aggressive. Yeah,
1: pretty but, fast. Yeah,
0: but uh, <laughs> times then uh, aren't good and they're left scratching their heads at the end going, well, I tried so hard and I've done this and I've done that and I rode absolutely balls to the wall, but my time's crap. And the watch somebody else kind of just flowing down the trail but they've linked stuff up those guys are I suppose, the smarter ones and they've conserved a lot of energy where they can hit you know the last few corners on the trail just as, as quick and uh as they done at the start of the trail like you know and i suppose that's the that's really the the key to riding fast isn't it
1: yeah slow as fast sometimes sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. what would your what, really yeah. yeah what would your most popular course be Glenn?
0: Uh, I do a lot of the one-to-one coaching, actually. It's it's quite popular. A, a lot of the guys, you know, really um, want to break it down and, uh, you know, <clears throat> learn each individual's, you know, skills themselves. Uh, so they'll maybe do, you know, maybe three or four sessions uh one-to-one coaching and certainly mm-hmm. we could, uh, focus, you know, on cornering technique, maybe one one session, then go back doing jumps and things like that or talk about racing and talk about, there's so many, so many different things, you know, that you you need to cover and you need to get your head around. And then I'd always say to people as well, you know, take your time in between the sessions and get out with friends or get out, you know, with with different people. And you always learn from from other people, certainly people that are faster than you. And and spend time too as well, actually practicing technique. Don't just do the same thing over and over and over and over again, because you'll just learn sort of bad technique or whatever but actually put yeah. some thought into what you're trying to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. No good advice. Definitely. Um, now let's talk a wee bit about first tracks and its own enduro world cup series. Uh, you have that and it's set over for four venues. Is that something that you've always had in the back of your mind, something that you want to start and get involved in?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been a, a fairly long time coming and I've been, I've been a long time riding bikes and racing bikes. Uh, yes, and I've kind of gathered, I suppose, a lot of information in my head somewhere. And there's been a lot of experience uh, over those years too as well, uh, which has definitely, definitely helped. Uh, coming from actually being a racer to organizing races, then you know what what riders want. Uh, so, yeah, it has taken a long time something something that i've always wanted to do i wasn't really quite clear maybe up until four or five years ago uh, exactly what i wanted to do
1: but i knew i wanted
0: to do something and i knew i haven't done all this racing and all this here for for no reason at all uh so yeah so it, it just kind of all it all happened uh, over the space of maybe a, a year or so, where we thought about doing a few different things, thought, thought about trying, you know, other stuff that didn't really happen. Or we mm-hmm. kind of, when we put pen pen to paper, I suppose, then uh, we thought actually, hmm, maybe that's not a good idea. But then the race series idea happened, and uh, yeah, it, it fairly quickly. Then after that, it was like, yes, this is something that i want to do that i'm totally into stoked on and uh yeah still really love the idea and love where, where it's going and uh, yeah pretty excited about the whole thing
1: brilliant and i'm sure that must take an unbelievable amount of planning and forward scheduling and everything like that what all goes into the organization of that and, and how long does that take
0: <laughs> unbelievable it literally does not stop People think that uh, you know these races just happen, you know, a few days before or on the weekend. But the truth is far from that. We are literally maybe a year or a year and a half ahead of ourselves all the time. So we're constantly thinking. A, a huge part of it too, as well, is try to evolve and uh, and grow all the time too, as well. So we're always constantly thinking of new ideas and new concepts for. For the race series and the team and what 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 direction that we want to go, Uh yeah. So so it does. It literally like you know six months ago I was thinking about the 2018 series and different venues and management plans, and tracks and how we're going to go about this and that and getting sponsors and fund, funding the whole thing. So yeah, it literally does not stop.
1: So uh, obviously, do you uh, hmm. do you ever sleep, Glenn? Oh, why?
0: yeah <laughs> my word <laughs> sleep pretty good actually i sleep better when I know i've done you know when i've achieved something or uh, uh i've done a good day's work or uh, you
1: know i um yeah i can sleep all right good <laughs> yeah but you're stoked think- on that and it sounds like you're stoked on it so that's awesome that'll yeah. keep you motivated
0: well that's it i mean uh if i wasn't stoked on it I, I i wouldn't be doing it simple as that so so long as the energy's there and so long as i uh, i'm happy doing what i'm doing and everybody's happy with uh, what we're doing uh no matter what that is it'll it'll still happen then so uh until then we are just going to keep our left.
1: very good now i've got a subscriber question for you if you don't mind it comes from garth mclean and garth asks as someone who is fairly new to mountain biking and in my 40s as a lot of us people seem to be, mm-hmm. but keen to push on. I was thinking of giving the first tracks enduro a go. What advice would you have for newbies racing for the first time, E. G. sports category or just go for it?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean the, the series for a start isn't aimed at complete beginners. So if you've never mm-hmm. if you've never lifted a mountain bike before or uh, you feel yourself a uh, is probably more of a, a beginner or less experienced it's probably not for you to be honest uh, mm-hmm. so we're certainly not going to try and drag you along the race and feel completely out of your depth it is probably more for intermediate to advanced riders because you'll be riding mm-hmm. on um, natural trails and you know it's a pretty no, i wouldn't say a big day out but a uh, on average you know the you know, you're, you're gonna ride 20 kilometers uh, in a day um mm-hmm. and uh, with five stages uh and the stage, the stages are can be fairly technical uh and we try and cover a lot of uh, you know different types of terrain and different skills and all that sort of stuff but certainly um if you haven't raced before uh get out there and you know try you know if you can ride the like the red looking and restriver and your fitness levels are kind of at that then you'll probably be able to do one of our our races uh mm-hmm. and if you've done a bit of a a like natural trail and you feel fairly comfortable on that certainly yes then uh, you should st- start to think about racing then as well but uh, if you haven't get yourself out there uh, get yourself involved with, uh, with a club or a bunch of guys and get out and explore and there's any amount of trails in the country so get out there and just get yourself uh, some experience on the bike riding all different types of terrain in different conditions and then, yeah, give give racing a go. So uh, good fun. I mean, we, the whole racing scene and our enduro series is quite social. And it's meant to be uh, a weekend's crack. So most of the time we have free camping. And it's meant to be a, a sort of fun, friendly sort of family weekend where people can go and camp for the weekend, ride their bikes, light the barbecue, and just have the crack and uh, race bikes with their mates. And that's really what it's all about at the end of the day
1: yeah that's how you draw crowds too yeah mm-hmm. well i think i think what garth's asking there is you know he probably he probably rides his bike two or three times a week mm-hmm. um and the one thing i always think of when i'm thinking of racing or or anything like that or doing any kind of event like that is fitness you know am i fit enough to do this but one thing i've never really thought about it until you just actually mentioned it there it was um get out in all weathers because a fair weather rider like myself normally wouldn't go out when it's actually you know when it's lashing out of the heavens but if you're there on race day and it's lashing out of the heavens and you've never rid in conditions like that before things change very quickly so that's really good advice actually i never even thought of that yeah
0: and it happens all the time uh you know you could be practicing on saturday and you know getting your lines dialed in or just getting a feel for what the what the tracks are like um and then saturday night sunday morning it hammers down rain for a couple of hours and the tracks will be completely different you wouldn't even recognize them it's i suppose a uh, it's the it's a it's the sheer volume or the traffic of of riders going down the tracks that cut them up and sort of make them a bit muddy and sort of you know a lot of roots and rocks and all get exposed that weren't there when it's dry like you know so uh, yeah but uh, getting out there in the different conditions certainly won't do any harm and uh it's you know a bit of crack getting sideways sometimes too and not like so throw a jacket on and just get stuck into it
1: yeah you're right you're right Uh, now garth has also asked um and i was going to ask you this earlier but um i also read somewhere that first tracks has done some work with disney presumably for the lodge a program that my daughter loves um, and he's asked how did that come about and what way were you involved with that
0: all right good question Yes, uh, we've done the 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 lodge now for two seasons, Um we first got involved. Then the the director of the lodge is actually a mountain biker himself, and his son a son races bikes, and uh, yes, so he he got in touch actually through through the website I think it was. Gave me a phone. He's got a phone call out of the blue one day. Uh, explained who he was and what he's doing and I was interested but this is something different this sounds cool so we went down and uh, down and met him and had a good conversation with him and yeah we seemed to click we got on very well and I so, suppose certainly coming from uh, the first tracks and I suppose myself being involved with the sport had all the, the different contacts uh, and I think his idea actually was for me to be um, a stunt double at the start. But then when I got chatting to him, uh, he felt that my role should probably change a wee bit to like, you know, uh, like stunt coordinator uh, Struggled, you know, a, a lot of different I suppose jobs that I ended up being then like, you know, um, so we ended up then getting the guys in the team uh, to be the stunt doubles. And then I sort of organized everything and kind of looked after different things and sort of was his point of contact i suppose for the mountain bike world
1: mm-hmm. and and the lodge. what kind of program is that can you just explain to us who, who's not familiar with it
0: yeah so it's on the it's on the disney channel and uh, i suppose it's like a, a kids uh teenage musical sort of program uh, where they're into like a lot of sort of um i think the story sort of goes well the first season was anyway there was this kind of like we sort of love triangle thing going on between two guys and the girl and they uh, they're all into adventure sports and mountain biking so uh yeah that's i suppose that the gist of it so um and then season two then there were a lot more there was a lot more mountain biking involved so
1: uh characters nice. you know, and all that sort of crack like you know so there's point break for kids <laughs> <Right>. yeah <laughs> brilliant so Glad you're, you're into a lot of stuff, you're super busy, um, you're always at it, it never stops. Do you ever think to yourself, you know, it's time to put my feet up, concentrate on the fire service, and uh, just slow things down a bit? Do you, you ever think of that some nights when you're lying before you fall asleep? Nah,
0: nah, no, no, I'm, no, I'm, I love what I'm doing. Uh, I'm just one of these people I think that I just always need to be at something. I just get if I, I don't have anything to do, I get a wee bit restless, and I don't know, I don't, you know, just don't know what to be at then, I suppose so. Mm-hmm. I just always like to be working on wee projects and different things. Uh, I do enjoy uh, a, a bit of diversity, I suppose, uh, with the fire service and going in there, and it's a completely different group of people. Uh, actually, a lot of the guys ride bikes as well, road bikes and mountain bikes. Um, but the job, obviously, the different challenges the job brings, uh, I, I enjoy that and then uh, it gives me i suppose maybe a bit of a, a clearer head then as well uh, when i go back i suppose to uh glenn o'brien the mountain beggar um yeah so it keeps things fresh doesn't it if you do the same things all the time i think you get bored so i like the, yeah. yeah i like the two di- two different things going on same thing,
1: so. yeah certainly yeah. I, I think i think if you do anything for 10 years you're kind of bored by it by that stage or you're you're thinking of moving on to something else so
0: mm until the time comes you know there might be you know uh, god knows when that's going to be if it's a year or five years or ten years uh, I get bored or things you know things might change but for now it's it's all good um, we've still got big plans for next year and hopefully um, that that works out well and then uh, and for the year after like you know so yeah we will just keep going keep pushing
1: Yeah, just good and uh, would you say that first tracks would be your main area of concentration at this time um
0: i i think so yeah i mean riding bikes uh, is is i mean a huge passion for me uh that's what i've always done i suppose that's what i'll be remembered or hopefully what i'll be remembered as anyways as, as, as a mountain biker uh yeah and it's, it's really hard not to you know it? it's it's what i do it's, mm-hmm. it's a hobby it's it's a passion you know it's just it's just me so um it's kind of hard to, to do anything else yeah, and do you go out on your bike
1: casually much
0: these days? Oh, I, all the time. Yep, right. uh, I do. I think that's uh, super important that uh, you need uh, to not, not make time or just want to be able to do it. And I still, yeah, still enjoy going out on the bike, hanging out with the boys and doing different things. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do.
1: And are you planning to race next year?
0: Yep. So next year... Yeah, we've got our enduro series, and I'll be doing a couple of the enduro world series. Might do a bit of downhill. I certainly mix it up as well with a bit of cross-country and a um, bit of cyclocross, maybe. You never know, anything at all. Mm. Yeah.
1: But, uh, <laughs> Just whatever it takes your fancy. Yeah. Really. And who who are you riding for at the Glenn? Who's your sponsors and stuff like that? Yeah,
0: so uh, I mean, Vita Spikes are our, our main sponsor, sort of sponsor for the team on the, the Enduro series, and we're hoping that sort of continues again for, for next year. And mm-hmm. yeah, we've got a, we've got a ton of different sponsors uh, that are involved with the team. Uh, you know, Acti Snack. I'm going to try and
1: list them all here, but <laughs> well, well, don't worry. I can. I'll stick I, them in the links it, anyway in the show notes. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah. So people can read them there and find out and can link yes. link back to them if, if they wish to. That's all good. Thank you.
0: But yes, I would say a, a huge, massive thank you to all our, all our sponsors for the team and the Enduro Cup. And certainly without those guys, uh, it, it, it wouldn't be happening. Or, yeah, it or c- certainly wouldn't be where it is today anyway. So uh, hats off to those guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, fair, fair play, definitely, definitely. So how can people best get in touch with you, Glenn, regarding first tracks, Um what's the best way to do that
0: I just through the website then firsttracksmtv.com and uh, just contact me there drop me an email or uh, we have a few Facebook pages as well uh, either invite first tracks and Euro cup for the race series or just first tracks MTV uh, and you'll get you just sent me a wee message or something and um, get the ball rolling we will take it from there
1: that's brilliant and again I'll put them links on the show notes and stuff for people that want to access them there Yeah. So, listen, Glenn, thank you very, very much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and to chat with you this evening, and thank you for taking time out of your uh, obviously very busy schedule. All
0: right. Well, I've just been lighting the fire here, drinking a cup of tea, so all good.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well done. Uh, so, here, listen, thank you very much, and I'll hopefully run into you at Castle Welland or some of them areas at some stage in the near, near future. No worries. If
0: I haven't got a bike, I'll have a shovel in my hand. So.
1: <laughs> good, See lad, you. good lad, good lad. That's great, Glenn. Thanks right very much. Cheers for having me. That is it, folks. Episode number 10 done and dusted. And thank you so much, Glenn, for coming on the podcast. And thank you to the subscribers who asked me to try and get glenn on the podcast they gave me the encouragement to to ask them to come on so thank you so much I'm glenn it was a pleasure having you on the show um, i really really enjoyed chatting with you and uh, hopefully we can do something maybe in the near future to see how you're getting on but thank you so much for listening folks i really appreciate it and please get involved you will find us on Instagram at MTB Tribe. You'll find us on Facebook, MTB Tribe. And please download and rate the show, share the show on iTunes or Stitcher. And you can also go to our website, MTB tribe.com, and just directly download the podcast from there or just directly listen to it from the website so please go on there subscribe there's some goodies for you if if you subscribe we're kept up to date a wee bit more uh, on what's happening and everything else but thank you so much for listening people i really appreciate you being here enjoy your day have a great week keep them pedals pushing and i will talk to you next week thanks folks